Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today we're talking price realism and reasonableness, and this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Check out Skyway ACQ for more. All right, let's get started. We said many times... Over and over on the podcast, price matters. Every contract, every evaluation, every purchase has a price. And between everything that you can evaluate in a government acquisition, price might be the easiest because it, it's numbers, it's math. You can add them up easily. Solution, past performance, technical approach, key personnel, those all kind of have an evaluation element to them that's going to be a judgment call, whereas yeah, price is binary. So it'd be easier right? Well, not really. It's not quite that simple. Now, on top of the actual number of doing that math you described, there's this issue of whether the price is reasonable, meaning is it too high or is it realistic or is it too low? And so that's the evaluation to give context to the actual number. Before we start talking numbers and the, the words and justification and thoughts behind the numbers, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Steve Coprince from Coprince Law. Coprince Law actually specializes in supporting small government contractors, and they're based in Lawrence, Kansas. I was inspired to create this episode based on a blog that Steve wrote. I want to thank Steve for liking and sharing our episodes over the years and also for actively commenting on our posts. One of the best ways for people to find our podcast is for listeners to interact with our episode posts on LinkedIn. Because likes and shares go a long way toward helping more people find our podcast. So thanks, Steve, for helping us to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Thanks, Steve. All right, what are we talking about here? Reasonableness and realism in pricing. Price reasonableness is generally about whether a price is too high. In other words, is it reasonable to pay this much money for this product? I pulled some fun examples. Is $444,000 for a Rolls Royce reasonable? You can find that on AutoTrader, by the way. Uh, is $7 for a Vente Latte at Starbucks reasonable? Is $90,000 a year for a software developer reasonable? Is $60,000 a year for an admin support person reasonable? And because I have to put the plug in, is $100 a month for a Skyway professional membership reasonable? In some ways, reasonableness is in the eye of the beholder. Just because you might not pay $444,000 for a Rolls Royce doesn't mean it's not reasonable. Quote the blog post that I, that I got from Steve, from Steve Coferens is a GAO case, the Contract Services uh, Inc. case back in 2013. And the GAO said the, the purpose of such a price reasonableness review is to determine whether the price offered is too high as opposed to too low. So reasonableness is all about, is this reasonable, even if it is a high price, like a $400,000 Rolls Royce? Or am I overpaying? Now, you could argue that there's such thing as unreasonably low. But the word the government uses for that is called realism. Right. Is, unre is it an unrealistic price? So price realism is about whether the price is too low. Is, is it realistic for the contractor to be able to deliver at the at at this low price. So if that Rolls Royce were fifty thousand, is that a realistic price? If that Vente Latte at Starbucks is a dollar, is forty thousand dollars a year for a software developer? Is that realistic? 
or paying instead of $60,000 for that admin support a year, you're paying $25,000. Is that a realistic price? They have to remember that fixed price contracts proposals do not require the contracting officer to evaluate price realism in, in most cases, in very, very rare cases, you could. The idea is that if the offeror's price is unrealistic, in other words, it's really low, it's on the contractor because they still have to deliver. The question becomes, does that add risk to the acquisition? Are they actually going to be able to deliver? And that's where the government has to be careful. Evaluation of cost type contracts, that usually requires a price realism analysis. And, and that's because if the contractor bids low and the government accepts it, but it costs actually costs you more them more to do the job, the government's paying the bill, right? It's not on the contractor to deal with the fact that the the awarded price was low. It, it's on the government. Logically, if, if the government's on the hook for the bill, the government cares. The government wants to know whether or not it's realistic. If the contractor's on the hook, eh, overgeneralizing, but the government doesn't really care as much. Yeah, this is all over the FAR. Price reasonableness is throughout the FAR and, and other supplements. And like we just said, price reasonableness matters no matter what you're buying and how you're buying. The realistic side comes in heavily in FAR Part 15, where you're more likely to have a cost-type contract where you must evaluate realism because, again, the government is going to pay more if the price awarded is unrealistically low. So FAR 15.305 talks about proposal evaluation and cost or price evaluation. Flat out says competition normally establishes price reasonableness, right? You're not going to win if you bid an unreasonably high price. So you have to evaluate, and it says shall. When contracting on a cost reimbursement basis, evaluation shall include a cost realism analysis. And, and to make this even more fun, it also says that cost realism analysis and I'm going to read this because it's important. Cost realism analysis may also be used on fixed price incentive contracts or in exceptional cases on other competitive fixed price type contracts. So the FAR contemplates there's a possibility that you may have to do realism on fixed price, fixed price contracts, but most of the time the expectation is competition took care of that. Yeah, and I think those, those exceptional cases are when the risk of actual delivery or performance is at stake if there is an unrealistically low price. Remember, the point of the contract is to deliver something. And if you can't deliver that something, then, you know, this isn't just an exercise to create paperwork. Right. Again, reasonableness is throughout the FAR, even simplified acquisitions, part 13. The FAR tells the contracting officer they have to document price reasonableness but it can be based on market research or comparison to other prices that, that, that they found or, or catalog prices or just the contracting officer's personal knowledge of the item being purchased, right? This is smaller dollars, simplified acquisitions. So you have to do some type of reasonableness determination. And just to show off that you looked that up, that's actually in FAR 13.106-3A2. <laughs> so it's down in the weeds, but it is in there. Micro-purchases, you still have to verify the reasonableness, but it cautions you that the administrative cost of verifying the reasonableness of the price can offset any savings th that you get from, from discovering that it's overpriced. Like if you're, if you're buying a pack of gum, if you spend 10 minutes trying to figure out whether this is three cents too expensive, you just buy the gum. Remember our sunflower seed story. Exactly. And, and most most credit card, most micro purchases, they're under $10,000. So 
So yeah, to spend three hours to save 500 bucks, it's not really worthwhile. Commercial pricing requires a determination of price reasonableness. This is part 12, FAR 12.209. Contracting officer must establish price reasonableness, whether they're buying simplified or sealed bids or a or contracting by negotiation with FAR Part 15, you still have to justify reasonableness. And again, since all of these are fixed price type acquisitions, the realistic side is not explicitly addressed here. So reasonableness and realism go together to, to sort of put bumpers around what price is a fair and reasonable, well, reasonable, I use that word again, put bumpers around what price the government should pay and know that they got an appropriate deal for what they're buying. This gets interesting when you consider that you're threading the needle between reasonableness and realism inside a competition. So it's like you have a triangle now and you're pulling on the, the corners and the, the sides are changing. But this the idea of reasonableness and realism are going to be applicable to a specific acquisition. So you have things like, is it a commercial item? Is it a cost type contract? Is it services versus products versus research and development? All these other factors also play into the reasonableness versus realism. It's not an easy task. Yeah, I was going to say macro and microeconomic circumstances affect Ooh, what? Showing off. Yeah. Well, I'm just using big words. It doesn't mean I know what, what they actually mean. What's happening in the world can impact what is reasonable and what is realistic. That's all I'm trying to say. So what happens if the price proposed and awarded is too high? What if it's unreasonably high? Well, if it's a competition, it's pretty easy. You, you probably lose if you bid an unreasonably high price. In, in addition to that, you end up potentially with the, what they call the fleecing of America segment on the news or the accusations of $200 hammers and $45 COVID masks, which is a topic for another day. Right. Bad press. Plus, yeah, bad press, right? Plus, the government isn't going to be able to get as many of their needs met if they're overpaying. Yeah, if you're buying $45 masks that, that you can buy, you know, four for a dollar, you're not going to end up with as many masks for your money. Yeah, do that. Simple math. Do right. that. And then in the extreme, in, in the acquisition team and, and the contracting officer in particular can be held professionally accountable, meaning that one of the examples is that the when you're exercising an option, one of the elements in that document the contracting officer has to write is, is this still a fair and reasonable price? This is what we're talking about. Is if the if the economy, your macro and economic, that what you're buying is now 50% cheaper because of some change in the economy, it's no longer a reasonable price. Do that wrong and you end up potentially in the news. What happens if on the other side the price is too low? What if it's unrealistically too low? This builds, uh, on the government side, it builds a fear that, that the company might be buying in, right? That you'll get change proposal requests on, on day one after a contract award. This is how a $5 million contract, a cost type contract, grows to be a $10 million contract because the contractor bid a low price to win and the government did not do a deep enough assessment to understand that, yeah, they're really not going to be able to perform for that and we're going to end up paying more in the end. In addition, the, the public only complains if, if it affects them when the price is too low, right? The whole argument of, of the government bought this because it's cheap. But in reality, there's no saving money for America segment on the news, unlike there's a fleecing of America kind of argument. Plus, I mean, more, more seriously, the, the mission can get undermined in, in both the short term and the long term. And the short term being on a particular acquisition where a particular product is 
it's commercially available and it's very cheaply manufactured, but it's not what the customer actually wants. But if you're only shopping on price, you get cheaper. Or if the acquisition team is in a habit of, we'll just go with lower price, there's a long-term impact to that, that you get a reputation. There are certain agencies and certain offices and certain agencies that are known for doing this. And as a result, a lot of contractors steer clear of them because, or, no, or some, some contractors steer clear of them because they know they're going to, they're going to get undercut and they're going to award an unrealistic or know this. They suspect it highly <laughs> that they're going to, that the winner is going to be so much cheaper that they can't win. So they don't even bother bidding. That's a long-term impact to the mission. Yeah, let me explain that story a, a little farther because it, it it has been rampant and it's something that that impacts the government and and therefore all of us when when the government's mission is is impacted. This happens a lot in in the professional services world where the government has a competition says bid labor rates for labor categories. A contractor bids really low labor rates and the government says this, these are the best prices I'm going to award to this contractor. But the rates that the contractor bid are so low that they can't afford to hire people and pay people to do those jobs for those rates. This is one of those sort of get what you pay for deals, right? But it's certainly a case where the government is not best served by, by awarding to the lowest bidder and expecting it all to work out. What happens is they award the contract, the contractor cannot perform at those rates, and the government doesn't get the the services performed that they need performed. And, and like you like you alluded to, this is particularly an issue in service contracts. And since more than half of the money that the government spends on contracts goes to services, it's worth paying attention to. And we're not not trying to criticize, not trying to point fingers there to at at anyone. Just saying this happens, and it is avoidable if both sides pay attention to creating a competition where a reasonable and realistic price is the goal. And that's what's awarded. I, I'm sure I did this wrong myself as a contracting officer. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm throwing rocks at my own house here. Linking this to the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones, this comes after you have a requirement, like a requirement for professional services or what, whatever you're buying, right? In the market research zone, that's where you start setting the basis for what is a reasonable and realistic price. RFP zone spells out how you're going to justify that. What what information in the solicitation are you going to require for contractors to sh to prove to you, government folks, that their price is reasonable and realistic? And the selection zone is where you evaluate what you said you were going to evaluate. And then in the execution time zones, you see if this actually worked. <laughs> yeah, that's where you feel the pain if you awarded an unrealistically low price. If you if you awarded an unreasonably high price, that's where the contractor is is uh, what that's where they buy the, the the Lamborghinis or whatever. And, and as a contracting officer, realizing in the performance zone that I had an unreasonably high price because there were a very few companies that did this work, and I and we ended up paying more than we should have, and I'm kind of got egg on my face. Buyer's remorse. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Buyers were, and anyway, it wasn't, it wasn't cat. I'm not, I'm not airing too dirty a laundry, but I had that thought. I'm like, oh crap, we probably got got this cheaper. But the point is, at that point, it's like, uh, you move on. Yeah. When it's so, so being unreasonable, that's a mistake you can live with. Being unrealistic, that can impact mission. Exactly. It's it's a much bigger impact. And yeah. so during the recompete zone, that's when you look back and go, okay, what worked and what didn't? Let's not make the same mistake. Did we pay too much or too little? And how do we not do that next time?
And if you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, they're in episode number three, and the execution time zones are in episode number 84. And we have many other episodes that are specific to one or more of the time zones. All right, government side. Why does the government care? <laughs> I think that's what we've been talking about all along. Reasonableness and realism matter. In general terms, reasonableness is about price. Is that a reasonable price? Realism tends to be about cost because the government's footing the bill, so they care about the cost. Functionally, applying price realism can be important as well. So, for example, because we're, we're dug into the FAR today, FAR 15404-1D3, that's a mouthful. Cost realism analysis may also be used on competitive fixed price incentive contracts or in those exceptional cases I, I talked about before. When, and, and this, this is the important part, new requirements may not be fully understood happens. Uh, there are quality concerns happens, uh, or past experience indicates that contractors proposed costs have resulted in quality or service shortfalls, which is exactly what you were talking about a minute ago. So my point of bringing up this FAR reference is that this is why the government needs to consider price realism and, and, ex and expect to get the context from the contractor on this looks unrealistic, but given the context, it's not. Okay, but here's the here's the kicker in this, this this language. However, proposals shall be evaluated using the criteria in the solicitation. An offer's price shall not be adjusted as a result of the analysis. In other words, you got to mention this in the RFP. Yeah, that's you the important part. You need to be thinking about this ahead of time. That's the important part, Kevin. You can't just say we're going to make our own judgment call about whether this is a realistic price or not. You have to put in the solicitation. We are going to evaluate realism, so you need to justify contractors why this is a realistic price. Because, as I said at the beginning, price realism is in the eye of the beholder. Why a contractor might bid a low price is not necessarily for the government to judge. They may have other strategic reasons why they're going to bid a price that looks unrealistic. But to that contractor, it's not unrealistic. And as a contracting officer, I want to be able to copy and paste your explanation directly into my source selection decision document so I can right. say, this is what they're going to do. This is why I know this is, this is a realistic price. Exactly. On the industry side, look for this realism criteria in the evaluation criteria and be prepared to justify if your price is lower than might be expected. Going back to the professional services example we used before, if you look at the winner's price, and it seems like, wow, that's way too low. They'll never be able to perform. You may have a good case to argue that if the government included realism in their evaluation criteria. If they didn't include that, you don't really have grounds to protest anything or argue about anything. From an industry perspective, you, you, you want to be looking for or, or suggesting that the government evaluate reasonableness and realism. Because that's the whole point you're making here, is understanding, getting both sides of the bumpers. All right, Kevin, let's be reasonable and realistic about how long a podcast should last and wrap this one up. Art says, in general terms, that reasonableness is usually about price and realism is usually about cost. However, our argument here is that don't limit, on the government side, is don't limit realism to just cost. Consider the impact of an unrealistic price, too. And we gave you that far part, 15403 to use. Add reasonableness, the too high, and realism, the too low. This, this is going to improve communication. 
and help the, the offerers understand that they need to describe how is this un, potentially unrealistically low price? I'm not going to meet it. Yeah. This is the context part, right? The government needs to have context for why a price is realistic. And, and that means a solicitation requirement that says, explain why this price is realistic rather than leaving it for the government to make a judgment call. There's a difference between a contractor buying in and not being able to perform and a contractor proposing a seemingly unrealistically low price in order to win based on some strategic competitive reasons, right? It shouldn't be up to the government to judge whether this low price is a great deal because the contractor has other reasons for offering the great deal or whether it's too low compared to the other offers and therefore it's unrealistic on the surface, right? You got to get under the surface to understand that. Yeah, I've told a story about buying uh, vehicles on this on this podcast a few times. And I had one where the, the dealer offered a price that was $3,000 below invoice. And that seems like an seems like an unrealistically low price. But I asked, why is it so low? And he said, because keeping this vehicle on the lot costs us more than being, using the money that you give us for buying this car to buy two other ones that are cheaper to maintain for, as, as we're from a sales perspective. So they had a strategy to it. Here's the difference. So I'm in my house and the dealership's 40 miles away. And I think, because I'm a cynic and I'm a you know, professional buyer, that when he gives me a $3,000 lower price, I'm like, oh, he's just trying to bait and switch me and trick me to come in out there. I thought it was unrealistic until I asked for context. But that's the whole point of this is that that the government needs to be able to get needs to be able to have evaluation criteria that allow them to get context. We'll do a whole different episode about price realism because this is a really fun topic to dig into. Yeah. It comes down to unrealistic again is in the eye of the beholder. That's why at a grocery store they have loss leader items. It, it's the same kind of concept, right? A contractor may offer you a lower price than appears to be realistic for that one item in a vacuum, but there's vacuum, a bigger picture yeah. strategy behind it. And that's where if you decide you're going to evaluate realism, you have to include a requirement to provide the context behind that realism or, or it just doesn't make any sense. All right. Makes sense to end here. I, I did that twice in one episode, Kevin. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. All right. I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. When you need help understanding whether the government will consider your price to be reasonable and realistic, Skyway's team of former contracting officers is here to help through training and custom consulting for Skyway community members. You can check it out at skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280 to learn more. All right, we'll see you next week.